22 separate shooting incidents when I was put on trial. He says, what you just say to me? He says, he knew he was going to get wrong off us. He went, I just put the pliers on his teeth and it crumbled. I went, no. Like that, no. The next thing I know, Glover just stood up, pulled the handbrake on. We're dealing with 60 million an hour. And he just lent over, because it was sat behind the driver. And he just pulled the handbrake on. He'd shoot it, right, we've got help, they've got guns. And pulled the handbrake on. And we went into a spin. On the motorway, when it couldn't have stopped, we're pointing the wrong fucking way, pointing up, you know what I mean? And the screw in front of us, that went like that with the key. And this one went, and I went, go on in. Intelligence people are waiting, taking photos of me, getting on the boat. I'm putting some number one wanted fucking criminal, I'm fucking getting a photograph from him, and we're not leaving that place till the next fucking day. Next thing I know, there was one fucking behind us. And there were fucking guns through the open window. It was in seconds. Uh, ahead of us. Even though I suspected something was going on with the cause, they were fucking on us like a ton of bricks. I admitted beating them up in that and doing what I'd done. I just said I wasn't present with a fucking torturing man. You think I'd do with it, man? I found out afterwards. I've passed a lie detector test proving this. 11 and a half year. I got, got. 9 year for the torture. Yeah. 2 and a half year for the escape. I had a fight with the oldest one in the town centre over blaming me for killing Freddie and Viv in the trial because I'm sat there listening and the cops have come to court to help them give evidence because for the past seven years they've put one witness after another on YouTube accusing me of serious offences past seven years and the last witness they put on was Davy Glover where they're changing the evidence in Viv's murder and they're getting them to say that he got the murder details off me that he confessed to the police so that was the final straw. Welcome back to KRN TV. We're bringing the most exciting interviews from around the world. Today, delighted to be in the North East with Newcastle's most infamous villain, Paddy Conroy. Paddy, thank you very much for the opportunity. How are you doing, my friend? Me, what? I'm doing all right. So, for people who don't know, Paddy's got an absolutely insane story. We're talking prison escapes, long prison sentences, feuds with the police, feuds with rival crime families, um, documentaries with uh, some of Britain's most... Famous crime reporters, McIntyre, <coughs> um, Underworld, and recently he's become a star of the YouTube world. Um, so, Paddy, obviously, he's been an absolute uh, crazy life you've led up into this point. It is. He also, you forgot to mention there that I've been wrongfully in prison nine times. Yeah. Um, the way the record stands at the minute, I've just passed a top lie detector test, one that's accepted by the Home Office, the man's got that. Well, yeah. Uh, Teddy Mullins, his credentials, he does police work. Of course, of course, we'll get into that, but obviously obviously, it's your first time on the channel, so we want to give everyone a little bit of the back, background about yourself. Obviously, um, And I don't want to forget that bit, where I'm proven by lie detector test. Don't worry, we've got it all that, in that, there. My last two prison sentences, I was yeah. innocent of. Crazy, crazy. So I'll just point that out. But, um, so have you always, has family always been from the Newcastle area, North East? Yeah. Yeah? Born and bred, yeah, aye. And, and big family? Yeah, massive, aye. My mum was... 
died there not so long ago. She had um, 120 grandchildren. You know. So that's just my mum, you know. Yeah. And um, so I've got about fucking 60 or 70 fucking nephews, you know what I mean? 80, 80 nephews because we're predominantly sort of male offspring more, more than women, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're sort of all lads. And would you say you were um, born into a crime family? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So with me, with me dad and that. Yeah. And so obviously your dad being a villain, when was it what age did you realise your dad was a villain? And how, how did you realise? Was it prison sentences or was it police coming through the door? Um I don't think you do realise when you when you uh, born in right, you know what I mean? It's, I think it's more when you teenager you start to come away of what's going on. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So but, uh, when I was a kid, my dad used to send us with me and my sister carrying bags of silver, yeah, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Because he's a proper villain, you know, he's always at it. Nice. And so did your dad end up going to prison or anything like this? Oh, he's in a prison all his life. And so for you, that was the norm until you spoke to your other friends and realised that obviously their dads weren't going in that prison. Was it sort of more of a realisation like that, that everyone's dad weren't a villain? Um, no, I didn't really, I didn't even think that because the area I come from, most, most of their dads went to prison, you know, most of the, well, probably all of them. All the people I knocked around with as a kid, their parents were villains too, you know. And so this was a specific part of Newcastle then you were brought up in, wasn't it? Was yeah. It the West End, was it? West End, Scotchwood, Scotchwood Road. And was was this like quite an impoverished part of the city? Yeah, there, it was the say? most impoverished part of the whole of uh, Newcastle I. Mm. Like a criminal fraternity, impoverished, yeah. yeah. And so... Um, there was one road runs along the bottom of where Scotchwood is, all the way along, four mile long. And it had like 47 pubs on this one yeah. road. So there was like one in every corner yeah. where we were brought up. So we were brought up and run the pub drinking life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I started drinking at 15. Nice. Uh, by the time I was 18, I was taking my, my ex-wife, I mean, I was taking her out when she was 14 and I was 15 on Scotchwood Road. Um, by the time I was 18, I used to drink seven nights a week. Jeez. And I drunk like that, and, and my entire life, my entire fucking life, I think I spent one day in the house. I've always, uh, before I went to prison, yeah. I spent every single day of my life in a pub, since I was a kid. No good. And um, I don't know, I think I enjoyed it, I miss it. Of course. <laughs> and, but you know, um, being raised, were you... Um, bred with an anti-establishment sort of mindset from like obviously was your dad always moaning about the police and how they're treating him and stuff like this like like most criminals um were you bred knowing the police for enemies do you know what it is yeah yeah certain certain section of the police were enemies and that's the same lot that sort of the crime squad who was always raiding your house yeah and you, over the years you get to know them fucking personally didn't you mm. and then you have fucking um Chill with them, obviously. You know what I mean. I've grown up like that with my entire fucking life. Yeah. I've never been friendly with any police officer in my entire life. I'll show you my record. <laughs> my record's all police assaults, section 18, section yeah. 20s, my entire yeah. fucking life. Come on. Um, so what, was your, what sort of crime was your dad involved in then? Um, being a villain of those times. Um, post officers mainly. Yeah. And fucking stately homes and that. Okay. I've come to my fucking treasure chest full of fucking jewelry. Yeah. And I've come to my in this when I've been a kid, where they've had fucking sheets, pails of them, they were stamps, where they've been doing the post offices and that. Mm. 
And so your dad, is, is there some truth in the fact that the Crays end up trying to come to Newcastle at some point? And was it your dad's gang that sort of run them out of town at that Just point? Just so much, yeah, definitely. And what was the story there then with the Crays? Well, then we brought them. The family are still fighting on with today. Yep, which we'll come on to. Um, and they just walked into the local club, 69 club, where all the locals used. My dad and his mates and yep. people from Scotchwood. Um, and they just got put straight out the fucking door, to be honest. Um, Bobby Snowden and Jackie Malolland were the two that went out of them. Panda, I've just showed you the photo of Panda there. Panda brought them in. I've got the photo of the other one, I brought them in too. Nice. Um, brought them in the club, some sort of, they come in to draw money off the club owner. But, but the enemy were using them as intimidation against the locals as well, you know what I mean? Because them old school communities said, well, they're different from what they're like today, you know what I mean? Uh, and they were using them as intimidation against the local firms, really. Yeah. The enemy were. Because they're not Jodie's the enemies, they, they were Cockneys. They just come to live in Newcastle in the yeah, fucking yeah. 50s or 40s or whatever. Okay. Uh, that's my enemies. Yeah, of that, course. That, uh, yeah, Jewish no, Cockneys. Yeah. Um, and so, so did, was the, the feud, was that. Obviously, you talk about your dad's gang, was, they were brought in by the, them. This was then sort of a power play by them. So that's right, that's what it was. That's what it was a power play. Against your dad's gang. So, this was before the rivals were powerful, uh, or what they are today, allegedly. Um, and so, you know, this feud that you've been had going on for obviously the past 30 years and more, was that inherited from no, your dad? No. Okay. Um, so, don't dad, know that, did, yeah. dad, no, no, they just. My dad didn't really feud with them, even though he didn't like them. Do you know what I mean? They just sort of accepted. They couldn't. They couldn't rule. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they were trying to rule. Okay. Um, and they couldn't budge me, old man. Yeah. Or the people around them. That's who I view it. Okay. So um, and then they never could rule, even though they've tried to rule in the city for a fucking long time. And that was a trying when with the craze. Yeah. It's only since quite lately, with the new generation of them, where they've sort of getting a fucking big, bigger reputation than what the what they used to have, you know? Absolutely. So, uh, going back quickly, just to start your story as such. So, when you were at school, what were your aspirations when you got older? Was there any, did you want to be follow your dad into the life of crime, or did you have any aspirations to any legal jobs at all? That's... Yeah, of course. And, um, when I was a kid. Yeah, obviously, we see that you're, I've seen that you're good at art. Were you, did you want to be an artist as a kid? Not really, I've just learned to paint. Um, since I've come to prison, I just took it up. Um, I've been around when I was a young'un, when I was kind of drinking in the pubs, when I was a teenager, 16 onwards, I used to take a wagon, bone cart, horse suit, just get a few quid and get in the pub, to be honest. Yeah. Or I'd be a window cleaner or I'd. Uh, or Did you do well at school? No. No. Did you finish school? No. no. I was put in a proof school when I was 14 or 15. I was weird. I was only weird one day. So you you getting into trouble early then at school? What was the problem? Was it school fighting or? Uh, no, it was shoplifting. My sister took a shoplifting, carrying the bag. So wasn't really me. I was just being as I was telling you know. So you'd be getting arrested. So I wasn't even a criminal. I was just a folk and one of these kids who just done as you was yeah. told. So. So what age was your first arrest then? I think my first arrest was um, for breaking in. Uh, even though it wasn't breaking in, it was um, we went apple scumping. We've been knocking off school and we were in the field when Newcastle United train, the training ground is still there, same place. And we're in their field where they were training, getting the apples off the um, trees and we're noticing our building. And um, 
middle of the field. And we just climbed in. Have a look. It was the changing rooms. It was fucking a wreck. There was holes in the roof. The lockers were over. Right. And then the, the caretaker of the field come and caught with, and we got done for burglary. That was my first conviction, I think. And was it more to you? You hadn't even stolen anything. Was it more a break? No, just, just looking in, but one even breaking in. Yeah, I wasn't really a criminal as a kid, to be honest. All my mates were bigger criminals than me. Yeah, even though my dad was a villain, because I was what I was brought up with my granny, mostly. Yeah, and there and none of them were criminals, you see. Okay. And so, did you manage to avoid um, sort of going to Borstal or yeah, I did all that, but I, like I say, I went to prove school. Yeah, I was away one day, and I ran away the yeah. next day, and then my dad packed us off to London. Okay, so what was that for? Down in London. Was that the approved school or? No, no, just packed us off to get us out of the way because I was on the run. Did you have family down there? He sent us down to Jackie Malolland, Jackie who chased the crazy Yeah. Jackie was working down there. Okay. Um, and so what did you get up to down in London then? I used to work um, Brick Lane Market, selling LPs, Pentecost Lane, Brick Lane. Yeah. Because we used to live on Roman Road, um, where the crazy lived. Was Bethnal Green, is it? Yeah. Um, and I used to, we used to sell LPs, but we pinched from, um, Jackie had a job, looking after this industrial estate, and there was an EMI record factory there, and all the LPs used to get sent back to be remelted, do you know what I mean, brand yeah. new LPs, yeah. and they used to be in a skip outside the place, big skip, yeah, when I was and for years and years and years we, we, we made a living from that skip, Yeah. my dad and Jackie and... Yeah, when I was in prison there was a... One of the warehouses was breaking DVDs and CDs, but uh, brand new ones. That's what this was. That's what this was. Steal them from there and sell them. That's what this was. With brand fucking new ones. Yeah. Something didn't have had the sleeves on them, yeah, but same. Yeah. So all Motown and so I should sell them on there. Uh, so did you enjoy your time in London then? Not really, but um, why? Because you're away from all your loved ones. That's really high. So how long did you end up spending down there then? And probably eighteen months. And then what made you go back up there then? Did, did your problems go away? That. Um, I had come back to Newcastle and I was too old to be sent back to uh, approved school. Yeah. Um, and I was safe then. And I got caught in a pinched car. Okay. Um, and so you'd become a, a villain by the time you come back when you were involved Just in petty fucking shit, really. Not really a villain. Stealing cars, petty Aye. But all, uh, villain, you always terrified me. Yeah. Even, if, even though I got involved in it, it always fucking terrified me, to be honest. Yeah. And so was that your... Um, First serious arrest then, wasn't it, in the stolen car then? Or half sort of serious, I, half I, serious I, arrest, yeah? I, and so what happened from that then? Did you end up going, going away or get nicked, uh, go to prison for that? Or? Um, I got locked up for a couple of weeks and then they said, they give us a fine or something for stealing the car. Yeah. And they said, right, he's too old to send back to approved school. Um, so they just had to let us out, you know? So I was back on the street. And so your life at that time was sort of petty crime, was it, as such? Or did things start getting more serious? I didn't really talk to crime domains, honestly, to be honest. I, I like I used to work more than... And what were you doing work-wise then in Newcastle? I'll just tell you, man, I'd even take a bag of bone cart out. I was a, bo in, oh, a window yeah. cleaner. Yeah, anything. I was a doorman for years. Yeah. From from when I, when I reached my 20s, I, I would become a doorman. So did you um, have your own door firm? Did you control no, doors? No, no, I just worked. Work for people? I just worked with... Um, I worked in the town centre and the big market. Different pubs, different owners, and I work for uh, Big Billy, Robbo at Wheelers, and Big and Paddy, Wheelers nightclub. Okay, and so so if they've got my door on the job, when I went to jail for having a fight with a copper. Okay, and they give Viv my job because I was away. Yeah, 
Um, and so we'll come to Viv Graham down the line, obviously another infamous uh, figure that's obviously no longer around, rest in peace to Viv. Um, but I saw on the documentary that you ended up going to jail for assaulting police at, at certain points. Would that be your first serious sentence? Or had you had a serious sentence in between the two weeks Just and that point? Most of my prison sentences have been for assaulting police. And so what sort of sentences? Have you ever had a serious one, a serious sentence for them? And how did... Five years for, for that last one. And how did, how did this... Well, it wasn't me. It wasn't fucking me. They just convicted us of it. It was my next door neighbour who had done it. Um, and they said it was me. And so what were their circumstances behind this then? Well, it's a circumstance that's behind it. We told two mates with the street come to see us and says vivid boredom from a restaurant doing the tune. Well, I come and fucking sorted out. I says, I guess I shoot the need and I'll come down. Because I was itching to have a fight with a cunt, to be honest. You know, like when you're younger, yeah. you just sort of yeah, the fucking yeah, man. So you were a right hard man when you were young. Oh, I, oh, yeah. I, oh, I. I've had loads of run-ins with Viv. Yeah. Loads of them. Yeah. So anyway, so we're going to do it. It's just his first job. He's on a restaurant door in um, Santino's in the big market. Um, that's his first job in Newcastle after because Wheelers is in Gateshead. So um, so he pulls up. It was me, Barry Redfern. Tony Chalmers, they're the two that he'd bought the night before. And I was with Tommy Finley. Um that's Davy Finley's That's Davy Finley's uh, that? just a lot? text, just a text. That's Dave I should have turned them off. That's right, though. That's Davy Finley's uh, brother, Tommy. And I was with Mickey Burke, my next door neighbour. He's the one with the copper, Mickey Burke, not me. So uh it was an open top. So we pulls up to the uh, restaurant where they're working. There's two or three of them on the door. It's the first time they've had dormant on this fucking restaurant, you know what I mean? They didn't need them. Because I've used this restaurant. It's the one where Peter Donnelly stabbed Rob, 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 Rob Bell when he had the chew with him in this same restaurant. Yeah, you read about it? Yeah. Um, and before we reached the door, before we reached the door, the scene were coming from the court and I just slammed the fucking door shut and locked up with the keys. Wouldn't let win. So it was over within seconds. Um I, we went open the door, I was trying to talk to them through the door to get the door open. And then one of the kids who I was with put the bin through the window. <laughs> you know what I mean? Restaurant mm -hmm. those people behind the fucking window. Um and we had to just fucking get off then. At that point, you know what I mean? He put the fucking window out because it wouldn't open the door. Um and when we fucked off with the tune we passed the police car on the way to the tune and the scene and come just to rest with they didn't know anything about what had happened at the restaurant with okay. never come into the court case or nothing I don't even think they phoned the police for the incident because yeah. I knew the owner well, I'll just turn this cunt off so um, so how the fuck do you turn this off so you ended up getting pulled over by chance then on the way I the I I by chance so we didn't stop. We went four keys because we were on Yahoo. Um and we just drove to my front door. I thought I'm gonna pull up and just fucking chase the cunt, but we were worried about Tommy, because he'd had a drink. So I said to him, I phoned me missus, I was on the way, I wouldn't let the dogs out. Had two big rock wheelers. And she was just on her way to the backyard and let the dogs out. As we were pulling up, and that's and the cop pull, cops pulled up behind me, and 
the driver of the car with the BM I was in, he tried to get through my back gate. My wife hadn't like quite getting the ball open. And the cops were out and attacked him with our truncheons. That's when I had to jump in. Um and it's said about me with our truncheons too. So I ended up fighting with the coppers. And I got knocked un knocked unconscious. Did the cops end up getting hurt? One of them did, because, cause, like I say, Mickey Burke hit one of them over the head um, with a stick after they've not been unconscious. Yeah. Um, and I got, I got the blame for it. So I'd done it with my phone. Jeez, so you ended up getting a five-year sentence for that one, did you? Yeah. And did you get remanded from uh, that day? Yeah. You got remanded? For a couple of months, I. Yeah, and so then... Um, when the court came, when was it that there was a big protest? Obviously, wasn't there? When was it when you that got was sentenced? That was after I got convicted. Yeah, when you got sentenced. And so by that point, there you'd obviously bit, obviously there's a massive protest. You built up your name as a formidable hard man in Newcastle for that point. Not a serious villain, you're saying, but just a formidable. Sort hard of, man. I, with, with with a crime family background. Yeah. Sort of, you know, I've become like a fierce yeah. sort of thing. I. Um, so, you wouldn't say at that point you were sort of controlling. The city's underworld in any given way, or no, no. And so, at them times, then the late eighties, were drugs a big thing in yeah, of course, yeah. And I said, without incriminating yourself, did you ever have any involvement in the drug trade at those points? Well, well, that's well, I smoked out all my life. You know what I mean? So, yeah. of course, I've had something to do with fucking drugs. Yeah. Um, but as for bad drugs in that run area, I've done my best to stop them. To be honest, yeah. My entire life, I'm the only. I'm, only I'm only on two villains today, and that's me and Paul fucking Massey. Yeah. He done the same with Solbert with all the smack dealers. And I, I was doing the same up here. Again, rest in peace, Paul Massey. Um, I was doing the same up here with a smack and a crack. Yeah. I'd done the crack before this even uh, got here. Yeah, and so obviously while you're, after you got sentenced, obviously it must have been an upsetting day, but it must have made you feel good when there was all these big protests. Um, and obviously, like I said, you Not mate, really. You make cool. Obviously, you're pissed off. It didn't make no difference. No, that's really <laughs> So, you, how long had you been on remand for prior to the, the court case? A couple of months. So, yeah, you still had a long way to go. You still had over a year to serve then by the time you got sentenced. I got bail then. Uh, obviously, I was on bail. And when I went up on trial, um, yeah. it was months and months later. But then I got a five stretch. And obviously, your good mate, Bull, ended up during the protest, ended up. On the plant and the knife. The, the cops planted the knife on me, potted it too. They just said it was a, a possession of a knife. They give us 18 months in jail for possession of a knife. No good. Um, so, was, so this was in the late 80s, wasn't it? The, the knife blanked the Barry, the kid I was with. Yeah. And he just slung it when we pulled up. He slung it. Um, and the cops funded after I was took away. And then they concocted evidence to see it had come out my pocket. Give evidence saying it had come out my pocket for them. And then after I got convicted, we got the paperwork yeah. where they booked it in. And they'd booked it in, saying they'd funded where Barry had threw it. And they'd said, oh, no, unknown. So I had that ready for me appeal as well, you know what I mean, to come over stuff. Yeah, so with your name already sort of ringing bells as such, popping off, this is why the police maybe had a slight agenda against you more so than the other names at this point there. And obviously where your dad had been a villain in the past. You'd yeah, yeah. The, 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 it the, gets the, passed, doesn't it, through, through the family? Yeah, just I, I deny you personally. Yeah. I've watched you growing up and you've yeah. had run-ins with them. I, I've had run-ins with the police all my life. Yeah, and so you've ended up getting this five-year sentence for this assault at this point here for the police, and this was in the late 80s, wasn't it? And so when did you get out from that? Was it early 90s? February the 5th, 1990, I got out. 1990. 
and um, obviously after a couple of years away, was there any thoughts of sort of change of the life, becoming more law abiding? And there was, honest to be honest. Um, or did you feel like you'd been sort of fitted up where you hadn't attacked the? The first thing I'd done when I got with you after the five stretch, I contacted my solicitor, and we'd done a deal with Northumbria Police that they would stop harassing me if I withdrew my complaints. My solicitor thought was entertaining. Yeah. Peter Waff. Um, so I said, go on, we'll try it. Uh, and then we've done it. I had the chief constable or the assistant chief constable on the phone to us. This is when I was living in Northbound Street after I'm released. Yeah. And he tells us, wait, just put it black and white. And if you're staying out of trouble, we'll leave you alone, blah, 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 blah. So I thought, right, great. Uh, so I wrote a letter to them withdrawing all my complaints. These are from before I got sentenced. Yeah. Um, before this incident, I had official complaints in for police harassment. Before this incident with Vivia. Um, so I withdrew all my official complaints, and then the next day, armed cops were throwing me fucking door again, searching the house, pulling at the bits for an armed robbery. Um, obviously, blame me for an armed robbery, you know what I mean? And you've obviously never been convicted or been involved in armed robberies, have you? I've never. I'll take a lie detector test for armed robberies. Yeah. Uh, I've just realised um, a few things about the robberies. Uh, the Mafia Night, you watch some of my videos about the murders? Of course. Well, they've been stitching us up with these murders, behind the fucking scenes. Yeah, I know, yeah. And they've also been stitching us up with armed robberies, too. Um, I've actually been laying on remand and charged with armed robberies, I have. So, um, yeah, no, it's obviously It's terrible, part of what's so. went on, yeah, with yeah, the enemies. Of course, I, of course. So, um, see that you've obviously got out then in 1990 and you're keeping your head down. Obviously, the police aren't leaving you alone still, but... Um, Unfortunately, in 1992, there was obviously a tragic incident. It's, your brother ended up dying in 92, is that correct? Mm -hmm. um, an absolute accident. Re rest in peace to your brother. And it was with, during the McIntyre thing, they said it was playing Russian roulette. Is that true? Or? Well, the one playing Russian roulette, I'll tell you exactly what fucking happened. The bullet being the other day would explain. Um, someone had just given them a gun. They were working on the door of a pub, a new owner of the Pope had said to them, do you want some wages or do you want a gun? And with them being fucking young and fucking daft, they said, we'll take the fucking gun. So, a few weeks comes by and he finds, gets a gun from handgun. Now with him, he wanted them there, the fucking handgun, because he's got them in like fucking his two sort of minders, you know what I mean? Um, and he's given them a gun. He's took them upstairs in the pub, into the sitting room of the house, and he's given them a gun. And my brother's got it. And he, he looks, he shows bullets, only one bullet in the gun. He was just passing the boot. And he's spinning his bonnet. He says, let's play a Russian roulette. And he, he's talking to Bull's, like, junior, just fucking the boot. He wasn't going to pull the trigger out. And Bull grabbed the gun and twisted it. And it was pointing up our, you know what I mean? As it got twisted and the bullet shot up. But the one actually playing Russian roulette, it was just, yeah. even though it was said, it was just carrying on. Tragic. And that's what happened, it was a tragic accident, but were they playing Russian there? No, definitely not. Yeah, so obviously rest in peace to your brother, were you close with him? Not really, but but I loved him obviously, but I'd been brought up, he'd been brought up in my mother's household and I'd been brought up in my um, granny's household. Yeah. Um, and obviously an absolute horrific act happened a couple of years later where his graveyard and your father's graveyard ended up getting decimated in 94, is that that's well, it smashed a stone and that up by. And do you know when this initially happened, did you know who it was? 
Who had done it? Yes. Yeah, of course. And so this wasn't the start of the feud then. So why had the feud started with this other rival family? The feud started because Davy Glover started a feud with him. And Davy Glover was my wife's nephew. Do you know what I mean? Now, to deal with the Conroys, he's me. Well, it's, it's the last I'd lived with all my life, it was her nephew. Um, so I was just stuck with him as an in-law, really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Didn't have out to deal with him. You know, he was a fucking nutter. Yeah. Um, but you're just stuck sometimes, aren't you? You've just got to put up with him. Of course. So he started all the fucking shootings. And one day, they ended up at my fucking door through him just shooting a gun at them further along the road, fighting with my enemies, the horrors. Yeah. And they ended up at my fucking door. And I've went out and fucking started on them and have pulled guns out and the guns have been fired at my fucking door. And that's what started the feud. Yeah. But Glover started the feud to get into my door. Have you been ever been close to them prior to that? Did you be with Glover? No, with the, the enemies prior to Yeah, the, the, the horrors. Yeah, I knew the horrors well. Yeah. I knew the old man I used to drink with them and the mum. Um, I've knew them from kids. I used to go on the dad's caravan site when they were all fucking lying there drunk. They'd been on a drink the night before and they used to sleep in the fucking here. Yeah. With horse, horse fucking box. So with Glover being an in-law, you just inherited his problems as such? They ended up at my front door through Glover fucking shooting. Yeah. The incident that just happened and they ended up coming to my street at my fucking door because yeah. he was connected to Mamie me Misses and, and it just started from there really. And so it was sort of tit for tat stuff and then in obviously 94 then the graveyard turned up being decimated from there. It's part of it, aye, yeah. aye. But, it, but most of the shootings, there was 22 separate shooting incidents when I was put on trial. But most of them shooting incidents was fucking Davy Glover. Yeah. And then it turned out. Turned out he'd worked for the cops all along. Get out. I've got the paperwork that I'll show you it all. Absolutely nuts, isn't it? And so, obviously, you found out that um, one of the people who'd... Uh, decimated the graveyard was this Billy Collier is that yeah correct? and then so you've ended, no. he's ended up being kidnapped and is that not I'll tell you I yeah so he's ended up being kidnapped after this he's ended up being tortured it's alleged that he had um, teeth pulled out with pliers and his nostrils decimated it said didn't it um, that's fairly accurate thought of but um, there was loads of lies telling with the case but who was present and who wasn't present when it happened. And they built a whole case around Davy Glover's statement. Yeah, so Davy again had come along with you or when this went on, he was involved in the kidnapping and torture. He fucking done it. Yeah. I wasn't even fucking there, man. Um, but he put us there. I was there when we grabbed the older collier and yeah. we gave him a fucking hiding. I can tell you the full story if you want to start from oh, the beginning. Yeah, please. So anyway, my old man's grave's been desecrated, the, the gravestone. So I'm having now to deal with Glover, even though he's come to the house to see the missus and because he's carrying carry out all his fucking shootings and I'm fucking got a war gun with the horrors now because of it, but I'm not letting him get his war involved with what I've got going on because he's a fucking nutcase and it's him doing all the shootings. It's not anybody on this side. Unless this is what genuinely fucking happened. So anyway, the grave's been desecrated. So... Glover was the first one to me who's such and such done it. And he said it was um, a kid called Neidman. Neidman and Collier. Billy Collier. 
So I took any notes from him. I listened to him, obviously, but I took any notes from him because he's got a fucking war gun with the same fucking people where we were keeping him separate from I was, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just an in-law. Um, but then somebody else come into the muse who I trusted and said he'd been in the pub, the Blue Man pub, and Billy Collier had been in there boasting about what he'd done to the grave. Now, this was their little local pub where they lived, yeah. next to their estate. So then I knew what Glover had been saying was the fucking truth. So I thought, right. Um, I get two heavies, two people who could handle ourselves. I says, come on, pick me up in the morning, I'm gonna fucking battle this cunt. So, so, I says Glover then, because I've believed what he says. I says, do you know where he lives? He went, aye, we're talking about Neidman, not Collier. He says, aye. I says, come with me in the morning, just show me where he fucking lives. And I did take Glover with us that morning, just to show us where Neidman fucking lived, because I'd lost me fucking rags. They've done the fucking gravestone. Somebody's getting fucking hurt. Bad lad. Um, you know, when you just see red. Um, and that's the only reason I've took Glover with us, showing me where Neidman's fucking house was. Um, so we then took four in the car that morning. For them and me, Glover's friend Scott was there, who's dead now. Scott Waters, um, and my two people who I was originally wanting to come with me, just to sort of watch me back. Come I trusted that way. One morning we were waiting at Edmonds, who's we were passing a shop, and Glover just shouted, "Stop the car! Stop the car! There's Collier!" So how's the fucking brakes so on? Thinking, what's he fucking what? What's going on? And before you, we was at the door. He's in the fucking shop and he's got all the fucking bleak all here. Another one involved yeah. with the fucking gravestone. I thought, right, fucking was on with, do you know what I mean? Get him in here. So I hide him in the fucking back of the motor. I drove back along the road, took him in over the backyard of fucking Glover's house, where Glover lived. I went, right, you've done the grave? No, no, no. I said, are you not? Does that thought be true? And uh, he was like this. I said, and I just went to give him a fright. This wood was rotten. So I smashed it next to his fucking leg just to give him a shock. Didn't hit him, take the, hit the concrete with it, but it broke, it was rotten, the wood broke, and he just went, and he tapped his everything. As I was doing that, Glover tried to hit him with a gas bottle, because when he seen me going to hit him with the 4B2, I wasn't hitting him with the 4B2, I was just giving him a shock, to make him talk. Um, Glover hit him with a gas bottle, I tried it, and I stopped the fucking gas bottle, what are you fucking doing? Because uh, he was talking, you know what I mean? So I said, right, tell us everything, and that's all I wanted. I just wanted them to tell me everybody who was involved and who would put them up to it, and he was. He was talking. I went, fucking great, fucking great. So we get back in the motor. Their car was, my pal's cars who were coming me was parked down in the estate further down. So we drove down there to drop them off to get that car. And I says to uh, Scott and Glover, Take him into this house where a woman who I knew who I trusted called Debbie. And I took her to the home and Debbie came out. I said, Will you, Can you stay? I'll just come back for five minutes. And she went, I need bother. So Glover, Collier, and Scott got out the fucking car and walked into Debbie's house. So I was going to get my brother because I wanted my brother to listen to um, what Collier's just told me who was behind it. And, and I wanted to go and fucking do something proper naughty that night. And I wanted one of my brothers to come with us to drive the motor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just wanted them to listen to what he's fucking saying so I would put them up to it. Yeah. That's the reason I've, I've left. Of course. 
So when I get to my brother's house, um, he says, a fucking helicopter's up there and everything, fucking stay away from the door because there was panics all over. So I thought, oh God, he was reached the helicopter, I was there above us. So I drove along my house, where I lived, made a couple of phone calls and then I went back to the house where I'd dropped them off at, Debbie's. Yeah. And when I went back to Debbie's, they went, oh, they're not here, they went along the flat. She says, well, you were spitting fucking blood all over. So they've took me along to Cavey's flat, they took me somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and when I went into that flat, they've already fucking done him. He was already tied up in the corner of the floor when I walked in. Yeah. None of this was planned or arranged. Um, so Glover was, like you said, he's a raging, he's a lunatic. He's working for the cops, man. I've uh, got the PR work that I'll show you. He was a lunatic at the same time. Oh, at the same time. They shouldn't be treat I. Probably the most unstable person in Newcastle. Shot more people than anyone I know. Yeah. You know, like for a gunman. Yeah, he, yeah. Glover shot more people than anyone I know. Not serious shootings yeah. where he shot them in the head. It's always been leg shootings and, yeah. you know what I mean? Superficial type shootings. Yeah, and so anyway, you've gone to the house, seen all the damage and that, and so what transcended from there? Did you get nicked shortly from there? Are you and Glover? How, what happened? Did you get away from there, leave the scene? And Glover, when I get back to the flat, uh, zombie Scott there. So where's Glover? He says he's just left. Um, Collier was sat tied in the corner. He said, Paddy, I'll tell you anything. I'll tell you anything. I thought, I know you will, son. He was already seeing this when I fucking left him. This wasn't supposed to have fucking happened. What yeah. went on here? I didn't know what the fuck to do, to be honest. I was shocked. And then Scott lay an hour and he went off, pulled to over his two foot. I thought, what have I just heard there? Do you know what I mean? That was some Frankie Fraser. Listen, so. man, listen, man. Well, I know I'm fucking, what, uh, the situation I've got with the authorities. Yeah. I now form prepared to go this fucking day. When I went out that day, I'm going to batter people. I'm prepared to get nicked. Do you know what I mean? I'm not taking it any further than smashing people's fucking faces in. Yeah. Nothing more was happening that day. None of this was planned. Um, and I didn't realise, listen, man, Club, I wasn't the only one there working for the cops. Do you know how many were there working for the cops that day? Well, who? Scott as well? How many people then? And at least another three of the four there were officially working for the cops. It's crazy, isn't it? Fucking crazy. Um, fucking crazy. I'll show you the paperwork. Well, I've got paperwork on some of them. Glover's paperwork. Yeah. Saying you sell no. up at the Oz nightclub. We'll, we'll get it all off you. We'll um, it up on the screen. So, so when, he, when he's doing all these shootings, creating this fucking incident between me and the fucking Harris, he's yeah. working for the intelligence cops. Fucking outrageous. You know, it? it is outrageous. So uh, but get, we'll get a load of the stuff to go up on screen. I'll get a load of the, the screenshots off. I'll get copies of it. That'd be perfect. And so how long was it before you and Glover ended up getting nicked then from um, that flat? Um, Obviously you knew things had gone seriously wrong at this point. Did you think about going, getting your head down or...? No, because what had happened was, Collier went up the police station, I got nicked. So you released Collier and he went up the station? That's right. I, um, no, what had happened was, I, when I went to, I got hold of Scott Waters, when he lent over and said that, and I looked at Billy Collier, and I couldn't see any of his teeth missing, to be honest. And I thought, was he just, what I just fucking heard? Do you know what I mean? So I says to the kid who was there, go and get my brother over from the next block, somebody I trusted again. You know what I mean? Like, I thought I'd left him with a woman who I trusted, yeah. but they weren't there when I went back. Because um, I knew Glover was another. 
That's why I need somebody to trust. So um, I said, can I get my brother-in-law for the next flat? So the kid goes and gets my brother-in-law. I said, watch him for two minutes. Collie hasn't even been untied yet. I'm in shock. I went, come with Chai to Scott. So I take him over, I get him in my motor. I sit there, he gets in. I said, what you just say to me? He says, he knew he was going to get wrong off us. He went, I just put the pliers on his teeth and it crumbled. Fuck. I went, no. Like that, no. Do you know what I mean? Because I couldn't see any broken teeth when he went out, when, when he's told us. So, um, Collier is a smack head and his teeth were all black, you know what I mean, with heroin. Yeah, so, so the has just that. fucking crumbled, but... Still. So, and when I'm handling like that, turns me fucking head. There's a cop cop pulling up at the end, on us, who's looking for her. So I didn't even have a chance to get back in the fucking flat, to be honest. Yeah. I just had to take off there and fucking then, and take a chase off the cops. So, while I was getting chased off the cops, I said to Scott, I'm going to drop you off along here and I'm going to take him for a run, ride around Newcastle. Uh, and I did, that's what I done about 25 minutes, just, I was in a Range Rover. I said, you better get that back that flat now, and you better tell him to get up that police station and tell him it wasn't fucking me, and you know what I mean? This is before I'm even fucking nicked. So I've dropped Scott off, took the chase off the cops for about 25 minutes, I'm just driving slow. Yeah. I had fucking six police cars behind us, and a helicopter. And I'm just driving slow, running, 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 take me time. I took them all on BMX track. Yeah. Now, what about the kids bringing? I bet that 25 minutes felt like hours out of them. Not Obviously, it's having a bit of fun, really. Yeah. Um, I could see them in the rear view mirror coming out with a BMX track behind us, all the big lumps away in the fucking ceiling. I'm in a Range Rover, so I was doing it all right, you know. Yeah. And I just let them arrest us after about 25 minutes. Straight remanded, obviously. No, Collier come up the police station and says, well, I was telling him it wasn't me. Yeah. So he comes to the police station and said it wasn't me. So then you've ended up, did you even so get I got charged? Out, so you, I got out. Yeah, with no charge or bail? No charge, just released. Yeah. And then Glover, a week later, Glover went and fired a shot on <sighs> Fucking no, man, I know, man. So that's when he went and um, made statements and that. He's obviously scared for his life at that point and he's backed into a corner, huh? And he was... I don't know about scared for his life, but that's the excuse he used. Yeah, well, obviously, Glover sounded like he was an irrational um, lunatic at those times, was he? He'd been yeah. an irrational lunatic all his fucking life. Like I say, he's shot more people yeah. than anyone I know. And so then he's gone up to this, the station, obviously, after the shots been fired at him and obviously then snitched and told about you and the whole thing and you've ended up then getting... Arrested did you then? Aye, uh, I, I for, for the torture. Yeah. And then... Uh, was it a shock? Obviously you thought it had all gone away. Did you know that thing you had fired a shot at him or any of this sort of it, stuff? I heard he'd fired uh, yeah. a shot. I knew it was coming on top. I took off. Yeah. Uh, Naren. This is upset everything. This. And I took off in the court. The court is coming on a mile away in a hotel. On yeah. And so then you've ended up being remanded this time on serious charges. And um, so where did you get remanded to? Home house. And obviously Glover's been... He was already there. Yeah. And um, were you, did you end up getting padded up with him in that? No. Um, On the same wing with him? We have a contact Same wing. Him? Same wing. So... Um, were you furious with him at this point? Or? Um, fucking furious. Listen, not really, but... I just had to deal with it. I didn't get furious in these situations. You've just got to fucking deal with what you've got, haven't you? Yeah. Um, I'm never led it that way in them situations. So I just had to deal with the situation. I found out then 
when I'm on my man with glove at foot and I also shot his fucking hoose up. Like uh, two weeks before with he's dragged him out the shop. I didn't even know about this. So um I fucking didn't even know about it. He's a good coyote. Listen man, he's working for the fucking cops. I didn't disclose this at the trial till I'm on trial. So I didn't really get a grasp of what it really went on. Um and I've gotten some more some people work since the fucking trial. On different ones. So we're all working for the cops, man. It wasn't just fucking Glover. It was at least three of them signed up. Signed up officially working with the cops yeah. who tortured Billy Collier. And I wasn't even there. Crazy. So what they done was they got Glover to make a statement implicating me in the torture. Yeah. Seeing I was present, giving uh, orders out. Said I was rolling up at the floor laughing when he was getting his teeth pulled out. Um, and so Glover changed places with me and, and one of the other informers. Yeah. Who was just like yourself working for the cops. He's done this a number of times with the same informer in different incidents. Yeah. Leaves this one who he does. Um, so Glover swapped places where well, I didn't realise. Did, I, I didn't realise. Did you know he'd made these statements against you at this point? Why you were in, this? Why you both were in remand? He was making. No, he'd done most of this after after we escaped. Okay, and so he'd been captured. Let's go back then to the, the escape. Then obviously. On the way to court one day, was it that you and Glover escaped? Um, how did you manage to do that? Um, was it a lot of planning that went into it, or was it like you said, was it all Glover and you just were not there really? Right? He would already arranged an escape before I even got on the wing because he had been there before me. Yeah. So he knew he was getting took to court in a minibus. Um, he'd already escaped from prison from this way at the court before this day he'd already escaped four or five times already Jesus. he's the most oh yo it's been just news reports and everything about him escaping on the way to court he, he, nobody more than him he yeah. slips the cuffs he's got big thick wrists and he can manage to get the cuffs off somehow he does but he's done it five times yes um, so anyway so like you say it's on the cards and on this particular day did you know that this was the day it was going to happen then so I'm on remand with, with him and we're going to be took to court together next time we're going to court. So he comes and tells me this. They're taking me to court in a fucking minibus. Just fucking two screws. He says, um, my cousin Freddie's got a Range Rover. I'm going to try and escape. Blah, blah, blah. Do you want to come with us? I went, nah. I'll... At first I did. I says, nah, I don't want to escape. He's saying, oh, man, fucking hell, am I going to get up? Can I get the cuffs off? Blah, blah, blah. So I agrees at first. At first I did. Then I changed my fucking mind a week later. Um, so, when I'm agreed, he says to me, can you get a car? I said, oh, am I going to get a fucking car from I've just said I'll escape with you. He's already said he's got the escape arranged, he's got the fucking cars. I said, where am I going to get a car from? So he says, see such and such, he's coming up to see you this afternoon, and he, um, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't even realise that. I remember thinking at that point, I was saying, nah, he's coming up to see me this afternoon. But wouldn't be in the family, I thought he must have heard. So anyway, I see this person who Glover's telling us to see about fixing a cutting of my car, and he did do. He saw the route. But then I changed my fucking mind. A few days later, I said, yeah, listen, I'm not going. I've changed my fucking mind. And he's going, nah, and he's on to the whole fucking week. I said, listen, I didn't want to come. So he must have just been so, like, so he was so unstable though, because obviously he was a grass anyway, so he might have got a favourable thing, but he's still planning on escaping. Let's tell you what happened. Yeah. So, um, so he's, so he's got, no, man, what if I can't get the cuffs off? 
He says, I'll take some soap up with us. So in the morning of the escape, we are thinking we're going to get cuffed together. Now, when I was going to escape with him, we were just going to pop the window and jump with the bus fucking window together. Cuffed, it's been done loads of times. Um, we shouldn't really be getting took to court like this anyway, not being fucking him. But he seemed, he knew which way they'd already been taken in the court because he'd been arrested before me. So um, on the morning that we were gonna well, we we're going to court, we're expecting to get cuffed together. So he's took a, a Mars bar bag with him, full of washed up liquid, and then he's twisted the top to get the cuffs off because we're not gonna I'm not going with him no. So he's got to get the cuffs off. So he's took a Mars bar bag with him, cheeked between the cheeks of his arse, we're washing up liquid in it. And when we were in reception, he had grey tracks with pants on. And the bars were fucking in first door. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he completely fucking shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't see it. Everyone probably thought he did. Do you know what I mean? And this is to get the fucking cuffs off so he can fuck off. So, um, so when the screws come out, they've only cuffed with the two screws separately. Do you know what I mean? We're not getting even getting cuffed together. <laughs> So when you see this, did you think the camera was I'm the escapes off. Yeah. I'm great. You know what I mean? No doubt, happening. But it's already arranged. So what can we do? So, um, so we're cuffed to two separate schools instead of together. So the plan was, at the time, the year 19, doing there was fucking roadworks so or terrible. I was doing a five mile into it. It was like that for about a year, just outside the prison. And you drove straight onto the year 19 outside the prison. So we thought, when we get into that traffic, it'd been like that all year, when we get stuck in that slow traffic, we'll jump with fucking then, man. We'll just pop the wind and get, it, get away. That was the original plan, when I was going to go with him. But no, I'm not going to. He's got to get the cuff off and the stuff's gone. And then we'll cuff the two schools. So we're leaving the prison. So um, as we drive on to the A19 and that roadblock, um, we could see the two cars, we could see the, you know what I mean, the two drivers getting next to it ready just to... Try not to look at them. Aye, 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 but... But, um, So we knew, well, it was not what we could do, really. We just had to set it out. Um, and that was the plan, to jump out there, at the prison, where the road, where the road was... Road works were, and it was yeah. only doing five million up. Now, we've travelled past that now. We're on, we're nearly into fucking Newcastle, fucking 30 mile away. And the two cars didn't know what to fucking do. Because the plan was we were going to jump with them, but they didn't want to leave one either. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They were sort of stuck. So as we're travelling up the motorway, I see one of them driving up the side looking to basically see what's fucking going on. And I thought, oh no. And Glover sat in front of us with a screw cuffed to him. And they the driver. And as the car drives past him, he notices it as well. And Glover turns around and goes to us. With a wink, listen, <laughs> I was coughed in the screw. As the car was trying past, I thought, you're a lunatic. you fucking lunatic. The next thing I know, Glover just stood up and pulled the handbrake on. We're doing about 60 mile an hour. And he just lent over, because it was sat behind the driver. And he just pulled the handbrake on. He shouted, right, we've got help, they've got guns. And pulled the handbrake on. And we went into a spin on the motorway. Um, we went on a few times and luckily enough we ended up off the motorway in a lay-by when it couldn't have stopped but pointing the wrong fucking way, pointing up, you know what I mean? Um, and the two cars pulled up. So, so, 
the screw took a screw took Glover's cuff straight off and he got off the fucking bus and he was away. I'm still sat there. In the bus with the three screws cuffed. Not even trying to escape. Right? This is what genuinely happened. Yeah. I'm not gunning, remember. I've never planned a gun. So Glover's away and he's in the car. And then all of a sudden the car stops and he gets out the car. And he comes back to the fucking van. And he grabs the uh, case, you know, with the school state, the court, with all the cuffs in, and yeah, yeah. the documents and all that. And he grabs that fucking case. And he looks at me as he was grabbing the case. He went, come on, come on. And I didn't answer him. He shouldn't, come on, man, fucking come on. And I looks at him, and the screw in front of us, and went out with the key. And this one went, and I went, go on in. That was me words. Listen, the screws, if you ever asked them, they would have to tell the truth. That's what fucking happened. I went, go on in. And then I just stepped off the bus. So it was it an escape. And then I find out, afterwards, um, Glover, under the court, Glover had phoned the cops three days before we escaped, confirming we were escaping on that day. It's part of what was going on with him and working for the cops. So how did the police not stop it on that day? Did they let you it tell happen? me. He fucking tell me. Okay, so they kind of let it happen. And so did you and Glover separate yourself straight away? So this is what happened. I wasn't even escaping, man. Yeah. So, but I'm in the car now. So we'll get to put a mile down the road under the quayside of Newcastle where the courts are. And the traffic was really busy at that time in the morning. And there was jam sandwiches on response heading towards where we just escaped from. And I just thought, fuck this. Um, we were stuck in traffic. I said, there's something in the car door. I says, uh, I'm away, see you later. And I just took off on my feet, left him. Yep. I didn't know what the plan was for him, where he was going. Apparently he went doing some caravan or something, but I didn't even know anything about any caravan or anything. Yep. Like I said, I wasn't gone. Did you not go and hide out with gypsies yourself? After? Uh, that day, I did. Yep. I went later on that day, I did. Ended um, up on Carlisle, um, the gypsy site of Carlisle. And so, um, how long did you manage to keep going down there for then? A um, couple of weeks or two on the gypsy site. Um, and uh, so at this point here, you must have been obviously one of the most wanted people in the UK, you and Glover then, at this point. Yeah. Was you obviously all over the news report, crime watch, all this sort of stuff? Yeah. Britain's number one wanted criminal, I was. Jesus. Officially. And so you've ended up spending a couple of weeks with the gypsies. The gypsies. Um, and then I moved in with the Jews, Bencham, I moved back to Newcastle. In the Gated, Bencham. Jesus. And how long did you spend there then? A couple of months. Jesus, so even after that you spent, I thought you'd gone straight out to Spain, but you spent no, a no, there. No, 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 I need plans going to Spain. Um, so why did you leave the gypsies? Were they, they pressurising you, was it getting too hot? No, them? I saw um, one of the gypsies I was with, she come in with her sister or her cousin one day. They were all all right, but I just thought, oh, I too didn't many want people to. Were nah, yeah, I thought too many people was getting an arm, yeah. That's why I fucked off. So you end up going and spending time with, did you say, the Jews? And I went to the flat off them the Jew, where the Jews live, they've got their, their own area, okay. where I live in one area, Yeah. Um, called Benjamin. I went, went then, rented a flat off one, and then I had a month there, and then I went and rented a flat off another one. Yeah. Um, and then I got approached and asked if I wanted to lift out the country. Okay, and so obviously you took them up and then, aye, aye, aye. And how did this, how, what was their plan, and how did you then get out of the country then? Um, well, I thought, I got tell he's taking his boat to the country, Phil Berryman. Um, Phil Berryman signed up the customer, customs at this point. Yeah, so you know um, Phil Berryman, did you know him for what, some time before this? 
couple of years, something like two, three years, something like that. I yeah. think. A couple of years. And is it true your relationship started with you sort of out a problem with, for him with another? That's what he says, I didn't sort any problems with for him. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, Phil's then come to you and said that he could get you out of the country then, so you, on the boat, was it? Well, I, Phil Bayman, first wanted to do things with me in the early days. And then we were going to do things with him. And we were so planning then, things with him. And when you say things, you're talking about... Uh, cream. Yeah, importing cannabis. Was I'm not saying what I'm talking about, I'm just talking saying cream. Okay. Um, and then, Phil Bayman had moved into my circles, sort of thing. He's even got fucking drinking my fucking local pub, you know what I mean, on occasions. So, um, I didn't mind that, but until Brian Cottle and Speedy come to see us, and said, Phil Bain's a fucking grass. He's just give evidence against that mate and this is what's happened. And so I listened to them and I, and I had a word with um, Phil Bain's mate who introduced him to us. Yeah. I said, yeah, they're saying he's a fucking wrong and blah, 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 keep him away from me. And he was saying, no, he's all right. I'm saying, no, I'm listening to fucking them. Keep him away from me, I want no more to do with him. And I got rid of him out of my life. Because yep. Brian Cottle and Speedy are telling me what he'd been doing. Yeah. Um, and I got him with my life. So, so I, when he offered me the lift with the country, this is fucking nearly a year later or something. And desperate times. And desperate times, aye, that's right, aye. And what he's supposed to have done was he's supposed to have went to court and give evidence against somebody. And, which I wasn't thinking he was an police informer or working for customs and all that at this point. I'm just thinking he's fucking went and copped someone in court and got them fucking jailed. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You kind of work with the likes of them. Um, you can't. Um, and that was it. And I cut him off before we'd done any work with him. Before we got run to doing any work with him, I yeah. cut him off. Um, and then I get to like, I see I got offered a lift with the country. But before I got offered a lift with the country, um, Berryman. I was always involved with Berryman, you see, he wasn't just Berryman. Um, in fact, I'll fucking just show about it, but Berryman had signed up the customs two months before he took me out of the country. From the police to the customs. I've got the paperwork. He went and met them in Hamel Hempstead. Yeah. And did you see Sally? He said, I'm Phil Berryman. Uh, you might know me, I'm a no well known drug dealer from the drug smuggler from the northeast. This is how we introduce yourself to these new handlers. Um I wanna sign up to you and I wanna give you some loads of information and I'm Paddy Conroy and what he's up to, blah blah blah. I've got the paperwork. Got off his coke, who's Jimmy, who he's charged with. And he's given the customs information about importation of fifty kilo heroin uh, that I'm bound. And I didn't realise this until I got the paperwork and what he's been saying to the customs about me. Yeah. But that 50 kilo heroin, he come and approached me, that's me if I wanted anything to do with importation of 50 kilo heroin. And that says me, I stopped the fucking heroin money, that cunt, fucking no chance, and fucked him right off. So, because that's what I did, and then no could ever come of it. Do you know what I mean? They weren't trying to import the 50k out, but he went and told customs, it was fucking me behind it. And when it was fucking him. So I'm just telling you that was part of what I've done with customs when he signed up with them. Um, and when I got out, when I got off of the lift out the country through a third party, um, 
Jeg tror, hvis du er noget Bergmansus, var det Um, and he says, listen, my boat's not even in the water to the harbour. I think they took us to the harbour. He says, it's gone in in the morning, and then it's going to take two, three days to get to the bottom of England. Do you know what I mean? We might as well just join the boat. That's when I'm joining the boat. Then, come back in a few days' time. So that's what I was told. So anyway, I got back in two or three days' time, and I'm kept at Bergman's fucking house. That neat. We're leaving the next morning for... I don't even know where it was. You can tell it's, um, it's at the bottom of the country anyway. So, the funny con Berryman, fucking trying to slip his fucking missus into me that night. Fucking telling you, he's come fucking in the sitting with a baby doll and all sorts of and Anyway, he tried to, he's a funny cunt. I could never why out why he tried to do that to me. Um, and I thought, you know why? Because he knew what he was going to do to us. Do you know what I mean? He was looking for just some vacation, I think. Anyway, I chased her. Um, the next morning, we're going to do wherever it is, fucking doing the bottom of the country, the port, where intelligence people are waiting, taking photos of me, getting on the boat. Proper, I'm putting some number one wanted fucking criminal. I'm fucking doing photographs of him, and we're not leaving that place till the next fucking day. Um, and they just let what gone. Crazy. Crazy. What was going on? You tell me. Nuts. I can tell you what I think's been going on. Obviously, he probably told them there's big, or someone probably told them there's bigger crimes going on, so they were probably waiting. Berryman approached me when I was on demand for. Was it for this? He approached us. Adam, I've tell you, I chased him a long time earlier. Cockle won't be called. I didn't need nothing with him, I tried to need nothing with him after that. But um, he approached me when I was on remand for. Which fuck? George, was it? Must have been this fucking George. I've been locked up that many times, but I just now he approached us, he did make an approach to us before he took us to the country, and he asked us if I wanted to be involved with a bit of work with him, 10 ton, getting 10 ton in. Yeah. I went, no chance. I'm not, I don't want to be involved. Um, I'm not working with him. Full fucking stop. And that was it. So. So he ended up smuggling you out of the country. So so this is months and months later when I get to smuggle out the country off him. So while I was on the boat travelling over with him. Did you I have people in Spain? No, no. I haven't been planned, gun, man. I've just been offered a fucking lift and get me out of here. Do you know what I mean? Um, thinking once I get there I'll be safe. Yeah. No fucking no waiting for us over there, the cops and all. So um so when I was talking on my way over, I says to Bowman and he said, This comes working my customs you now, remember? Yeah. I says to Bowman, uh, what happened with that ten ton you done? Did you get it in? He says, um he says, nah, they just used it as a secondary, the first one got it in. He says, So I asked them for a hundred grand expenses. I says, and he says, he says, give us 50 grand, a lot of money, 50 grand back then. Yeah. He said, I've used 25 grand of it to buy a boat, what's following us over? Because that's what he was doing, he was doing about run. Yeah. Um, and this is the kind of signed up the customs, do you know what I mean? So if he's done that with the heroin with us, what was he doing, what was going on, yeah? Of course. And then he blames me when he gets back, if I tell you about the tape, when he taped the cops. 
So this is what happened. He picked up um, 3.7 ton and he's been caught with it. Somehow. He's pulled up some canal doing Liverpool way and he's parked up. It was the next day. He gets raided. The following fucking day. He's got 3.7 ton on. And this is how they're supposed to have caught him. They're supposed to have uh, been listening to his phone calls and he rung his missus. Yeah, I bet she read his book. Is that I haven't read his book to be honest, yeah. but a um, lot of bollocks, yes. And then the guns and raids the fucking boat. But at the same time they're raiding the boat, customs are raiding the boat at the same time as the crime squad. And this is what I heard happened. When they got on the boat and they said, right, he's all under arrest, customs said to the crime squad, right, he's off the fucking case. Get away off this boat, no. We're taking us off the case. Because it's the same cops who have been involved with the Curtis Warren case and they already had them under suspicion for shit. Yeah. And they stopped them from that moment and they said, we're telling you no, stay away from Phil Berryman. You're not allowed to talk to him. Don't go and see him about anything to do with this. So they took over the case and remanded, charge Phil Berryman. They've charged their grass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so he's on remand, charged with the smuggling, even though he's signed up to them. So the cops who have been told to stay away from him have wanted to visit him in Hull. He sneaked the tape recorder into the fucking uh, visit room. I've seen, I've got the transcript of the tape somewhere. As soon as the cops walk in the room, Bayman says, I thought he's wanted allowed to come and see us. They said, we've told them about, it's about the flare gun we got from your house when they raided the house. It's a different matter. You know what I mean? Conda Wayne. Um, Bayman says to the cop, this is his next words, you know I shouldn't have been on that boat to the cops. And the cops replied wrong, it's Conroy's drugs, Phil, and it's Conroy's drugs, isn't it? And you could see the cops are paranoid in case the place is bugged. Well, it is fucking bugged. Bayman's got his fucking tape, you know, everybody, they were, where they went on, the cops are saying, listen, Phil, we're going to talk to the judge. We're not such and such who plays golf with him. Uh, we're going to have a word with him. Do you know what I mean? Trying to reassure them, listen, we'll get you to this mess. What if us fucking went on? But they wouldn't see what was going on other than it's Conroy's dogs, it's Conroy's dogs, letting them know, blame fucking Conroy, blame fucking Conroy. So the cops were involved, yeah. Um, but if an Arthbergman's taped them as well, he mustn't trust them. <coughs> and he produced the tape at the trailer. And they've given a different version of events. And they're talking about the now who play, the plays someone who plays golf with a judge and all that fucking shade and claps the fucking biggest drug trial in the history of UK it was at the time, fifteen million quid. Crazy. And the two busies collapsed it. Still are us. Crazy. For what tape recording? Yeah. And so. So what, so the what what year was the this? point out point you know I shouldn't have been on that boat. Phil's telling the cops. And I know, only I know what he meant by that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I actually stopped the driver that he was using. When I found out who he was using, there's a driver when you're fucking not. You know, when I was over there, because I tried to stop it. Yes. And I chased the fucking driver so I couldn't go ahead. Yeah. Right? Because I didn't trust this cunt. Um, and after I've chased the driver, that's when Phil Bayman had to drive the drugs himself. And that's what he meant. When he says to the cops, you know I shouldn't have been on that boat. Jesus.
Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so when you were in Spain, whereabouts in Spain were you? When I first arrived? Yeah. Costa del Sol, where Ronnie Nate's bar is, what do you call it? Fingerola, by Ronnie Nate at his pub. Yeah, and so was this in the heyday of the Costa del Sol? Oh, yeah, more or less. So did you meet a load of the, the Cockney no, faces? No, 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 I just... I just Keep uh, you done. I just kept me done. And so you're out there, but obviously, like you said, you're a photograph going out there. So you weren't out there for that long and you ended up getting arrested by Interpol in a big arrest. You talk about that day and like how that happened. Weren't you, was it, you I was, I was picking, I was picking uh, Berryman's partner up at the airport and only he knew I was going to be there. But I wasn't at the airport, I was outside in the car box. He's in a big car box over there, so I told him where I'd be. Um, and Interpol just sneakily parked the car in front of us. Next thing I know, there was one fucking binders and there were fucking guns through the open window. And within seconds, uh, it hit us. Even not suspected something was going on with the cars, they were fucking on us like a ton of bricks. <laughs> <laughs>